Hi friends, welcome along. This is the Influence Podcast. If you're looking to inspire more people, have a positive impact on a global scale, build an influential and magnetic brand, and build a profitable business with your unique gifts and talents, then the Influence Podcast is for you. I'm your host, Jake Adam Davey, former high school French and Spanish teacher, turned international speaker, online business coach, and Instagram growth and monetization enthusiast. You can find tools, resources, and so much more on the website, jakeadamdavy.com. And you can also say hello on Instagram at jakeadamdavy. Please also, if you're enjoying the podcast, do feel free to leave a review. The more stars, the better, of course. But equally, if you're not enjoying it, you are still invited to leave a review. The one thing I would also ask is, of course, sharing is caring. So if you've listened to something or heard something in the podcast that you think you've enjoyed or would be useful and beneficial to other people, then please do hit that share button and pass it on to somebody that you know. I'd be so very, very grateful and so thankful if you did. Now let's dive in with today's episode on the Influence Podcast. Okay, hello, welcome along. This is episode number 33 of the Influence Podcast. And today, uh, I'm very excited to introduce a very special guest. Angela Foster is with us today. Uh, Angela is a nutritionist, health and lifestyle performance coach, and the host of the High Performance Health Podcast. I'll make sure that there's links into that podcast in the show notes so you can go and have a listen after listening to this. Uh, Angela works with a range of clients from CEOs, athletes, busy parents, and helping them achieve peak mental and physical performance. Uh, Having recovered from serious illness in 2014, Angela left the world of corporate law with a single mission in mind, which is to inspire and educate others to live an energetic, healthful, and limitless life. Angela, welcome to the show. Great to have you with us. Thank you so much for having me on, Jake. I'm really happy to be here. Brilliant. Thank you. And I... We there's so many we we had a brief chat just before we started recording and there's there's so many places that we could start. Um, I I, I kind of want to go straight in if uh, if if you're happy to with the current climate at the moment. We're we're recording this. You're recording from home. Um, I'm I'm recording this from from the office, but I'm pretty much the only person in the office today. Um, and this is due to pretty much what is also a bit of a lockdown with the coronavirus, um, which I guess ties in very much with your niche and, and peak performance and health and such. Um, what's, could you sort of shed a little bit of light on, on how this is impacting your business at the moment? Yeah, for sure. So for my business, actually, it's a really busy time because I'm getting asked for a lot, um, a lot of statements in terms of how we can um, improve immunity, working with business people so that they can understand it. But it's not just the physical health that it's impacting people with. It's also their mental health. And actually, as I found through my own, um, health, experience you know five years ago when I got sick is that actually that unity of body and mind is so fundamental to what we call what I call high performance health Um, you kind of can't separate the two and so I think people are struggling very much at the moment with how can they protect themselves and their families against the virus how can they put themselves in the best position that they can possibly be in if they do get it to actually fight it and prevent secondary infection and then there's also how can they cope with the anxiety that they're feeling in terms of loved ones, young children, themselves even, how can they keep themselves on track? And also the impact that it's potentially going to have and will be having on the economy as well is causing tremendous anxiety and it's affecting people's sleep and really all the fundamentals that I look at in terms of health. So it's very sort of wide ranging. It's a, it's a busy time for me. Yeah, I can, I can imagine, I can imagine. And 
you you have the advantage, I guess, of because a lot of you, I know a lot of your work is, um, of course, it is in person when you're speaking to people, but online as well. And you've really built up a, a solid presence online over the past uh, few years that, that we've known each other and, and continue to have a massive impact uh, through your Instagram account and podcast as well. We'll come on to those in a little bit, but I'd love to just di dive back a couple of years, uh, if you don't mind, just maybe going into a bit more detail. What what prompted this shift from from working in corporate law to to now being one of the leading experts uh, with peak performance and, and, and health? So I guess as a as a corporate lawyer, you know, the corporate lawyers are definitely the the type A personalities. You're sort of pushing hard, getting multinational deals in. That's what I was doing in transactions across the world. And I think that I had to a degree disrespected my health, not insofar as I was I was ostensibly a very healthy person. You know, I exercised a lot, I ate well, but I certainly abused my sleep. I think I felt very unstoppable at that point and and that I could kind of do anything I wanted. Um, and, and that's not uncommon, particularly in a lot of high performers. And they almost feel like stress is actually gets, gets them to where they are and that position that they're in. And what happened with me is that I'd kind of burnt myself out to such a degree, really unknowingly at this point, I was still going that when I then came to have my children, which obviously pregnancy takes a huge toll on the individual um, and on, on your body. That's when I really got into a very low ebb and after kind of three C-sections within the space of four and a half years, that was a big toll on my body. And um, at that point, I, I sadly suffered with postpartum or postnatal depression, which had a further impact on my mind. I think that's actually down to the fact that my adrenal function by that point had kind of pretty much been exhausted, which I believe had um, an impact on it. But that actually led to me then becoming seriously unwell when my children got, you know, not dissimilar to what we're all worrying about with coronavirus is I did then graduate onto secondary infection and had double viral and bacterial pneumonia. And for me, it was, you know, a very defining day when I went into the hospital and they thought that I at that point possibly had lung cancer, which seemed crazy as a non-smoker. And I knew I was very sick. I had very high fevers um, to kind of walk in, have that CT scan and then be told actually it's worse than we thought. You don't have cancer, um, but you're now so sick you can't leave the hospital. And there I was fighting for my life. And that was a really defining moment for me. I actually couldn't really see much of my family because, you know, my parents were looking after the children. My husband was still trying to work. And it really dawned on me that actually I wanted to be a part of my children's lives. I sadly at that point contemplated suicide a number of times, um, not, not because I didn't want to be with them, but I was really trying to run away from myself. And I think, you know, my mental and physical health by this point had suffered to such an extent. And I felt that I really wanted to be alive and I wanted to get back on track. And I saw the shift in my physical health when, when my mindset changed, just how powerful that was. And I went from being you know, told that I was neutropenic and fighting for my life to actually changing within the period of 48 hours and things looking better with the help, obviously, of the antibiotics and the hospital team and everything else. Um, and at that point, I really wanted to retrain. And it just it, it was a series of questions initially of, well, how can you have high performance and optimized health? Like there must be a way of those two things existing together. And certainly athletes seem able to do that although they're not always the healthiest um, people and they do push their bodies. And so that led me on a journey of self-discovery, really. And then from there, when I started optimizing my own body and mind, which, you know, there's no quick trick, as with anything, um, it took work. I then retrained and started working with clients and helping them do the same. And actually, it's kind of come full circle now because I believe that actually 
optimized health is the very foundation of high performance if you want to sustain it over the long term. Yeah, yeah. Th- thank you so much for that because there's there's a lot in there that I wasn't aware of as well, and I hadn't realised. Um, obviously, that it had been to the point where you were you were in hospital, and obviously having a lot of um, dark, well, for one of a better phrase, dark thoughts about your own uh, life and such. So it's how how was that? Because because how how do you then? What did the next few days or what did that period look like for you to then make that transformation? Because that's 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 a huge thing and and i mean i i i talk to you now and and you, if it comes to health you're the person i come to first uh you would be the person i come to first as an expert in that area we'll talk more about some of the things that we've done together and um later on and how people could could maybe learn more but what what was that turning process like how did that start you, you talk a lot about the mindset so what did that look mm. like that period yeah, so I think that, um, I mean, for many women, they struggle to maybe connect with their children when they have babies. That, that wasn't the case for me when I experienced postnatal depression. Um, I didn't really understand my own mind. I knew that I wanted to turn my mind off. It was actually driving me crazy. Um, and when there were, there were a series of um, big kind of suicides in Hollywood um, at the time that really kind of struck at the core because I felt that those individuals Um, were at peace and all I wanted to be at that point was at peace my mind was kind of driving me crazy the mental chatter and I hadn't developed at that point I hadn't developed a meditation practice that was quite a new concept to me Um, and I was kind of exploring these areas but not really understanding them I just I'd at that point most of what I'd done was a lot of therapy so I'd been to the the Priory Hospital at this point you know been referred for um, pretty specialized care and I was seeing a series of therapists and psychiatrists. I wasn't really understanding how I could change my thoughts. And it was that defining moment that when I was in hospital, I couldn't escape from myself. There was nowhere to run. It was just me there with my thoughts. And for some reason, I mean, people talk about moments in life and it sounds a bit woo-woo, but I suddenly was okay with myself. And there was just a sense of peace and calm. And I then even felt after that a responsibility that if I could come through this, how can I help other people do the same? And that was really where the journey began. And so I started with a, a course in the US, which was an amazing course, actually, in terms of an overarching year um, with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. And it had all different teachers from people like Mark Hyman, who's one of the leading functional medicine doctors, through to Deepak Chopra um, teaching us. So it was really mind, body, spirit alongside yeah. nutrition. And that, um, as a starting point, introduced me to concepts and ideas that I hadn't looked at before. Um, And it started to use my brain in a different way, and it was exciting. And then I started reading more myself. And then from there, I took on further courses and became more involved in areas that were of particular interest to me. Yeah, yeah. Fascinating, fascinating. Thank you. Thank you for that. So how... I guess one of the... in um, Within social media and society at the moment... Um, one of the, the big kind of buzzwords or phrases is biohacking. Um, you see a lot of people talking about biohacking and such. How similar or dissimilar is is what you're looking at and specialising in, in into those areas of biohacking? Yeah, so I think, well, biohacking is, as you say, a bit of a buzzword, and I do do that. Um, I think that biohacking is really working with your own unique biology mm. to get to basically transform yourself into the best version of you. 
So it's about understanding how your biology works and it's very personalized. So it comes into play in different areas. So for example, um, to give you a few examples really, nutrition would be one of those. That's one area where I think looking at genetics is absolutely key because we're all so different. So the keto diet, for example, could work extremely well for someone and very poorly for somebody else in terms of their long-term health outcomes and also their mental acuity and things like that. Um, but certainly in terms of their risk of diseases like heart disease. Um, similarly, fasting is another protocol often used by biohackers and used whether that's intermittently or longer fast, even down to water fast. Um, and that again is down to your unique biology. The concepts that would be applicable there for men are very different than for women. It would be right. an easy thing to disrupt women's hormones with. Um, another area would be, for example, you know, we know that we have our circadian rhythm and sleep. And a lot of your chronotyping for that actually comes down to genetics. But women have, you know, a second one that we have the infradian rhythm, at least in menstruating women. And so actually, you can even optimize, we're, we're becoming so detailed now that we can even optimize our physical um, activity in terms of our strength and our cardio. And we're seeing that with teams like the US football team, for example, the women's football team, that actually working with their menstrual cycle is getting the best outcomes. Because as women, we're stronger at certain times. Um, we're more carbohydrate um, and insulin sensitive at certain times of the month. Yeah. And other times we kind of need to rest and repair. So biohacking really as a concept is working with your own biology to achieve the best health outcomes. And it's definitely a growing area. And as you say, it's a bit of a buzzword, but it's also a lot of fun. It's something that I enjoy doing and seeing what those are. Okay. Um, I think I, that's, so this, again, just from that probably two minutes of you speaking there, I think anybody listening will get a real understanding of the depth of your knowledge in this area. Um, I, so for a lot of people, I imagine they consume, say, the news or maybe influencers on social media, dare I say, or um, TV programs or whoever it may be, health experts. But what, what you're ultimately saying is that the advice that those people are giving is it doesn't suit everybody. Is, is, that, is that fair to say? It doesn't suit everybody. Um, and actually, one, one person's advice may be quite harmful for, for somebody else. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I think so. Depending on the area, particularly very much so with nutrition and with things like fasting, I think there we do need to be really careful yeah. um, and cautious because you know we know that some people are much more insulin sensitive than others. Some people's blood sugar rises much more quickly. Um, but also some people like myself are very sensitive, much more sensitive to saturated fats or the kind of so-called dirty keto diet. And the long-term health outcomes may not be that good in those individuals. Um, so I think that bioindividuality is key, but that's not to say that, you know, people might take away from that, that actually uh, this, is, this sounds extremely expensive or it sounds too technical. Actually, when you understand the principles, it's pretty easy and straightforward to do it yourself. And it's pretty affordable as well. Um, but it's about, yeah, not, and also not worrying, maybe let yourself off the hook a little bit. Cause it's quite common that, you know, people come and say, well, oh my God, like the keto diet worked amazingly well for my husband and I just can't get on with it. And then they feel like there's something wrong with them. And actually it isn't. It's just that it's, it's not right for them. But I would say the biggest things are to, like you do in business or anything you're tracking, um, is to self-quantify and track and test and tweak that data. It's, yeah. it's no different than marketing in that respect. Yeah. So could I, could I, could I use a personal example and, and maybe get your, your feedback on this? Because I'm, I'm not particularly um uh clued up in this area i, I exercise i go to the gym and 
I've done uh, CrossFit and things in the past. Um, but the, the main main thing that I would do, for example, is I um, I fast in the morning, so I don't eat until maybe two o'clock in the afternoon, um, and I always eat within a seven or eight hour window. And then I I will only have sugar on uh, as in sugar as in sweets and chocolate and such one day a week on a Saturday. Um, just from me telling you that, are you in a position to say that's healthy or that's not healthy, or would you need to do further exploration? Yeah, so um, on, the, on the face of it, that seems very healthy. So, for example, that what you're effectively doing is the 16-8, where you have a 16-hour fasting window and then an 8-hour win- eating window, which for a guy is pretty good, actually. And, and for most people, that would be fairly safe. You're stimulating something known as autophagy there, which is kind of what we call the self-eating of cells and the renewal and it's known as um, a hormetic stress. So hormesis is good stress that's designed to make the body stronger. And that's what's happening um, when you're having those longer periods. And by compressing that eating window, you're actually giving the body the time to rest and repair. Um, if you're a woman, I might say that could be too long. It also depends in terms of your own exercise demands and activity. Um, you know, if, if we were working together, for example, we'd start to look at, well, how do you how do you experience sort of optimized brain health, if you like? Now, many people actually find that their mental focus and clarity is really greatly enhanced um, by having that longer fast. I don't know. I mean, do you feel that you're much more awake and kind of on yeah. it? When you're yeah, massively. Yeah, completely. I, I One of the biggest changes that I noticed in my own work was from not eating in the morning, just getting up and maybe having a coffee. That I could work very, very focused, even sometimes till three o'clock in the afternoon, um, until I would I would eat. So that was a real change for me. Is that is that a common thing as well? Yeah, that's really common, um, very much so. And for some people who feel like, for example, they want to have um, something, then they'll have things like bulletproof coffee, which obviously was created by Dave Asprey. I mean, that will interfere with the fast in terms of the autophagy benefits for sure, because you're taking in calories. Um, but in terms of helping with that mental focus, uh, that will help to sustain it because the fatty, you know, the fats that are in that basically, which is for, for your listeners, if they don't know what that is, that's basically blending coffee with some healthy fats like grass fed yeah. butter or MCT oil. Um, and so that actually helps to optimize your brain function and your performance. And then you've got the benefits of the caffeine. I, I don't know what you do, but you can, for example, have black coffee without actually disrupting your fast. So I don't know if that's something you do or whether you just go straight water. Yeah, I, I, I have black coffee. Um, usually, I, 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 sometimes I throw a bit of milk in there, um, but I, I know that that's not ideal. Um, but I would tend to go for black coffee. I haven't done bulletproof coffee before. Could you... Or would you recommend, you mentioned that just a moment ago, is that something that you recommend to people who are maybe doing that type of fast? Um, If they're trying to do, it depends for what benefit they're doing the fasting. So if they really want the full autophagy benefits, then I wouldn't say so. I would, um, because there's too many calories, it will disrupt that aspect of it. Um, But that's something as well where I would have a little bit look at genetics. I wouldn't actually add too many fats without actually understanding that aspect of it. Yeah. Um, but it can definitely help with mental performance in terms of you adding like a little splash of milk in theory, technically you're breaking the fast, but it's not something I would worry too much. I mean, if you look at Dr. David Sinclair's work, um, who wrote lifespan and looks a lot into longevity, I think he would say that, you know, a splash of milk isn't really going to massively destroy the benefits there. And even some people will have black coffee and actually take some amino acids alongside it, particularly if you're highly trained individual like yourself who's competing quite a bit um, then that can help as well 
Things like BCAAs, which are commonly taken by gym goers, they actually have been shown to spike blood sugar much more highly. So I wouldn't advise that, but a full spectrum amino acid is not a bad thing to have alongside it. Okay, amazing, amazing. We are, yeah, a lot of the, the terms you're using, you're, I'm, I'm getting a bit lost, but I don't think that's, that's, uh, that's a problem. Um, what, just to, to come back a couple of steps then, for, for somebody who's listening right now, because um, we've, um, we've well, maybe I'll just explain a little bit about what we did together um, about 18 months or so ago and then lead into, for people that are listening, where maybe a good place to get started because I'm not sure if it's something that you still, still do, but you may have something slightly different. So um, I think it was around 18 months ago, I did a, a DNA swab, um, a DNA kit. You're probably better explaining than I am, Angela, but a DNA kit, and that then provided you with information for what would be best for me both nutritionally and um with regards exercise as well is, is that a decent summary of what we did yeah that's a pretty good summary <laughs> okay okay so um so that was a that was an actual um and there's companies out there uh, today who who offer these dna kits you, you can sort of get them delivered to your home and and complete the dna kit and then it, it after a, a couple of weeks or so then you get a, a feedback in terms of um the type of exercise is, that's right for you and then the type of nutrition that you need as well and where you may be deficient in some areas is that still is that still sort of the 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 first step for people getting started if they want to know more about this or what would you recommend yeah if they're interested so i i always think dna is a really good place to start because it's very very easy to do and it's pretty inexpensive um as you say you get a kit sent to your house it's um it's a mouth swab, so you can do it at home very easily. You just, literally 60 seconds, you send the data off to the lab, and then you've got that information. What we were looking at with you there was what we call array testing, where we're looking at certain parts of your genetics that have been shown um, that you can positive, positively influence, if you like, the outcomes of those. So as you say, we were looking at nutritional impact there and also some fitness genes. It's moved on a lot, even in those 18 months. So even with array testing now, yeah, you can look at um, sleep chronotype and understand your circadian rhythm better. You can find out whether you are a morning person or a night owl. Yeah. Um, so that's a bit of fun, but also helps people to really optimize their day. Um, you can find out your caffeine sensitivity and also just how well your receptors work in terms of it sort of latching on and how that might disrupt sleep. Okay. Um, you can find out your predisposition to things like stress. Um, so I think it's a really good place to start. Mm. Um, as you say, your, your nutrition can become very personalized off the back of that so that you understand your carbohydrate and your um, saturated fat sensitivity, how your detox pathways work. Um, and these are all at a baseline level. So we're obviously not getting blood data where we're looking at what's happening in real time. We're looking at what your kind of programming is. So I like to think of it as what's the software that you're running on and then how can we upgrade and influence that to really get the best health outcomes. And if people want to know um, more about that, I've got like a free mini course that they can go to um, okay. on a bitly link uh, that you can link to. And yeah, for more. sure. Yeah, I will, I will definitely put that. Uh, the link for the for the for the mini course in there um as i say we we did that together about 18 months or so ago and then there was there was some support that you offered on the back of it which just just totally demystified um the the feedback that came back from from the company so it was it, that was extremely useful um i'd almost be tempted to do it again then if there's been some updates and i think so yeah i'll definitely put that link in in below um, and, and would recommend that uh, anybody who wants to know more about that as, as and, and would, would you suggest that that's the first step or, or do you think that there are other alternatives available? Um, in terms of getting into biohacking or just getting into 
uh, fitness? Because it kind of depends on, I guess, yeah. people's goals, where they want to start and what they're most struggling with. I, th- I would I would say if if somebody's somebody sat at home um, listening to this or wherever wherever they may be and, and just thinking, do you know what, I I now want to start taking a bit more ownership for my my physical health and maybe my mental health as well. Yeah, I would say that's a really good place to start because also um, with that with the ones that that I offer, you can also get a free hundred day fitness program that works alongside your genetics. And that's been shown that if you if you match your fitness program to your genes, then compared to a mismatch program, that can get you three times the results. Wow. Um, and that's that's had some scientific studies behind it. So it really is a fast track route to actually starting to understand how to work with your own biology in yeah. a, in a very simple way. Okay, this yeah that uh, that that sounds I think really exciting for anybody who wants to to know more and learn more. So it, we'll put we'll put a link in there. Is that the main? Moving on then a little bit more, is that the main support that you offer with clients? What, how, if, if people wanted to work with you, um, what sort of different phases of, of support would you offer and how would that, how would that look? Yeah, so I have a range of um, programs that I work with. Um, I, a lot of people will start there and for some people that's enough and they want to kind of run with that for a bit. I do coach, um, I still coach one-to-one basically because I really enjoy it. I yeah. tend to work with, um, again, a number of different people. Um, but certainly with a lot of people in leadership positions, I'll work with them because they are really looking for the tiniest tweaks that make the biggest differences in their mind and body. Um, and that would be my high performance health coaching program where, um, essentially we look at everything right through from nutrition to, um, sleep optimization to using strategies like fasting that we've talked about other hormetic, um, stresses they can use, uh, and also like their morning and evening routines, their mindset, things like meditation, uh, basically everything that they need to have become a really fully optimized human is what I do there. Um, and those are at a much higher level. What I am creating now, because I understand that for not everyone, the price point on that isn't always accessible to everyone, yeah. is um, I'm launching a new membership site where people will be able to actually go in and find all this information. And there'll be lots of masterclasses in there where they can access all these different areas and then choose where they want to start. So that's in the pipeline as well incredible yeah that's yeah okay that's that's so that's something it's not ready yet but something to look forward to so maybe we can i can update the show notes um for future uh what if if people want to know more about that or 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 your other programs we're we're going to come on to social media now so um would i would i be right in saying that the website and maybe your your instagram account are the best places to go yeah so if they go to angelafosterperformance.com um there's a little box up there they can sign up and just pop their email address in and then they'll hear um, from me when that is launched they'll be on the first to hear um, also if they're worried about immunity at the moment for example if they go to angelafosterperformance.com forward slash immunity they can get my top 12 nutritional strategies for really bolstering the immune system and what scientifically has been proven to work and what doesn't um, so there's that i'm very active on the instagram as you yeah. say um, that's angela s foster i enjoy that that platform i think because it's so visual as well um, and I love the people. I find Instagram a hugely positive place and I've made some great connections over on there as well. Yeah, yeah, w- wonderful. You've, you've, you've segued into it without me even mentioning it, but <laughs> I'm delighted that you have. And, uh, and, and it's, a bit, it's a big part of not just, not just obviously the, the, the health side and such, but it's a big part of why I wanted you to come on because you, you are, for, for want of a, a better phrase, absolutely smashing it at the moment on Instagram. And, and um, we've worked together um, on and off over the past 18 months with, with Instagram and such. And I know that you've, you've really taken that to the next level now. What's, what's, 
why or how has that had such a big impact for you do you think with your business in terms of how is it um how have i utilized instagram or what's the impact it sort of had on me i guess i guess a little bit of both but but how 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 do you use it as a tool to 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 maybe build your brand and also build your business yeah so i think the key there is as you've just said i find instagram an amazing place for building a brand and mm. also for making connections and really creating awareness um, around your content so i wouldn't say necessarily like i still use things like facebook ads if i want to um, direct people to a particular program that i'm running yeah. Um, and obviously my email list and things like that. But I think that Instagram is a great place for creating a brand and sharing content and interacting with other people. Um, I find stories are really, a really good way. I mean, I'm always interested in other people's stories. People come and comment on mine. You know, you can ask them questions, get feedback immediately. Um, you can also drop into other people's stories by responding to theirs. Yeah. So no one's really off limits. You can communicate. And I have fascinating conversations you know with people that you wouldn't expect um just from being on instagram really yeah i think i think that's that's i love that we, you, you mentioned stories um i think this, the latest stat is that that 500 million people use stories every day on instagram which is massive considering the the monthly active users is just over a billion now uh, considering that half of those people are using stories every day um, and you, you shared a couple of sort of little tricks and hacks that you're that you're using that work particularly well. Would you would you mind sharing what they are and how you're using stories at the moment? Yeah, for sure. So um, one of the things I'd say is that people often feel like their messages get lost, and so they've maybe identified some few a few key people that they want to connect with, and maybe those people have really big followings. And what happens is is that if you send them a direct message. They may not see it. So sometimes I will have overlooked that for a long time because someone might have sent me a message and I just haven't noticed because Instagram, unless you are actually following that person yourself, they wouldn't actually alert me necessarily to the fact that I have that message. Whereas if I put out a story and someone comments on it, that comes directly back to me and so I do see it. And often if they tag me and they're sharing something that they like about what I've done, then I'll reshare that. So it's a really good way for people to communicate with me, but also I've found for me to communicate with other people. So in terms of you know, um, getting people onto my podcast, for example, people I'm interested in their work and want to connect with, that's a really good way. And also just striking up conversations. Um, I've met some amazing people on that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's, 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 that's fantastic. And just to reiterate that as well, the, the idea of stories certainly um, are where a lot of people are consuming content now. And just by leaving a simple comment on somebody's story, and, and, and even when you, you swipe up, you can leave something as simple as uh, an emoji on their story. But that immediately, mm. as you mentioned, goes into their direct messages. So they're going to see it. And that's where you can start the conversation from there. And it gets a lot more personal. Um, you've also got, uh, I think you've got around 48,000 followers or so at the moment, uh, Angela. So how do you, are you using any, any of the other features um, such as the, the, the swipe up or Instagram TV or is it mainly video? Where, where else do you find that you get a lot of value from Instagram? So IGTV is something quite new that I'm doing more of now and just beginning to use that. I hadn't done before. I think, again, that's got a lot easier before you had to actually physically go into the IGTV app separately and then put, um, you know, link through onto your main page that you're going to show a teaser of it. Whereas now automatically, if you go onto Instagram, which is my kind of go-to place, it will say that if your video is too long, do you want to put it onto IGTV straight away? So that's actually been really easy. And I, I guess I'm a bit lazy in that 
in that respect. If it's easy, I'll do it and it feels intuitive. Um, so I'm definitely using IGTV a little bit more. As I've already mentioned, like asking people questions and engaging with the audience, engaging on other people's um, feeds and commenting on them is a great way to build relationship. Um, and also, I guess I'm now, I'm working with a social media team insofar as I now use people to edit my content, which makes it a lot easier. I think if you're trying to do the videos and everything yourself. Yeah. So what people see now is there's going to be more and more content going up with captions, et cetera, um, that, that they'll be able to consume in a much more digestible format. And I certainly think that helps with views as well, because a lot of people do have it on silent. And so if there's captions, I tend to get a lot more views. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, sorry. I was just going to say I've, I've watched one of your recent videos, and I think there was there was captions on there, as I recall, and and straight away the majority because people are watching it on uh, on social media, on um, at work, on the bus, um, you know, like with with family, whatever, with friends, whilst watching TV, all this kind of stuff. So, and so many people are, are consuming it now without the audio on. So, just having those subtitles makes a massive, massive difference. Um, so, yeah, okay, fantastic. Sorry. Um, there's a good app, I think. I And if I do do it myself and I'm looking for something quick that I can use, I think I use vid.io, just go on my laptop and drop it in. And then you can select or create the title and the character. No, sorry, Angela, I've lost you there. You cut off just for a moment. You, uh, I missed the, the name of the tool that you use. Ah, sorry. I think it's called vid.io. Vid.io, yeah. Yeah, I'll put the link to that. If you want to put your own captions in, that's probably the easiest one that I found. Um, perfect, perfect. V.io. Okay. Um, so let me let me let me share a link to that as well. Um, sorry. I'll, and tag is it tagomatic is another one I use for hashtags. That's quite good if you type in a hashtag that you're thinking of, and then it will come up with a whole load of other ones. It doesn't show you how much they're being used. So, but then you can see which ones relate to what you're talking about um, and so then I will lift those off and then as I'm I, I tend to go straight into the platform as well I don't use and I've heard that actually your engagement and everything and use can go down using a tool so I tend to post straight from my phone yeah and I will yeah. type in the hashtags and have a look and I'll put in a range you know some that are bigger than my audience and some that are smaller and some that are kind of in the middle yeah I've I Perfect. There's, you've 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 said so much so much in there that, that uh, questions that I tend to get asked and such, and I agree. I, I was asked recently about using scheduling tools and does that uh, affect your um, your reach and your engagement and such. And it it's it it does seem to be a possibility. Um, I would I would say I would still I, uh, you may, you may agree, but I would still say I think if people are particularly busy. Uh, and they're trying to just make sure that they have content going out consistently. That that sticking with a scheduling platform is 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 going to save them a lot of time, because um, ultimately we know when we go into social media, it's designed to keep us there. We get distracted and such. So, um, for the for for people that are listening who are particularly busy, I would still suggest looking at a scheduler. But you mentioned that, and and actually this is something that I've just started as, again as well is going in manually and and posting. Uh, I've changed my strategies and such, and I'm always always testing, but going in and doing that once a day so that's really interesting to hear so Angela just just to sort of wrap up then on on how what what your kind of um 
how you're using Instagram at the moment. What what kind of does that look like on a daily basis? You mentioned that you're now going in and and uh, and posting manually uh, and spending a bit more time, obviously, engaging with people's stories and such. Do do you have a sort of a, a specific set of actions that you follow every day on Instagram? Um, not specifically, I would say I go in, I have people that I follow and I really enjoy their content. And so I'll engage with them. Um, I think that's really important. I, th I don't think you can expect people to engage with yours if you're not engaging with them in a way. Yeah. Um, I also will mostly I'll go in, in the evening. If I'm honest, I find that that's when my followers are at their peak. So somewhere between six and 9 PM, okay. a good percentage, funnily enough, a lot of my following is actually in the U S um, perhaps a bit more so than the UK, um, but they do send, tend to be on there in our evening time. So that's a good time for me to go on. Um, and then stories I put up, yeah, throughout the day, depending on what's going on. Yeah, love it, love it. And, and I think that's, again, you, you mentioned so many little things in there that, that are great takeaways for people is knowing if you're going to be engaging with people, knowing when your audience is going to be online, when's a good time that you can engage with them and talk to them and, and just start that conversation, get that conversation going. And exactly as you say, if you're not engaging with people, why would other people want to engage back with you? It's a two-way conversation. Uh, and one of the big the big things that we talk about is, is, is getting those conversations going and, and making sure that it's kind of mutual communication. Tell me then from, from there, just to, I'd like to move into to some sort of um, more quick fire um, uh, questions and such. They don't have to necessarily be quick fire answers, but from, the Instagram things that you do on a daily basis, Tell, coming back to your high performance and, 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 and peak performance and such, are there particular daily habits that you follow and that you implement on a regular basis to make sure that you are always operating at, at, at peak level? Yeah. Yeah, very much so. So one of the first things that I do every single morning when I wake up is I will meditate first of all. Um, for the first 20 minutes. Uh, that's really, really important for me. I like to do it if I'm up early, kind of, which most days I am around yeah. 5 a.m. Melatonin is actually higher then and you get better access into that meditative state. Um, so it's a combination really of meditation with visualization. Um, some days I'll even kind of walk myself through my day and how the perfect day would go. And I find that I'm much more better in control. Yeah. So I've found that meditation is really, really key in terms of me optimizing my mindset for the day, but also having emotional resilience and regulation. Um, so that's really, really key. I'm just much better able to deal with things um, and respond to them. You know, it's not just business. I'm a busy mum with, I've got three children and two dogs. So it's always crazy in this household. Um, and there's always a lot going on. So I used to just rely on exercise. And I think that was the mistake that I made as a lawyer. I just you know, push myself really hard being that typical type A personality. Um, whereas now I focus a lot on my mind yeah. and I track my sleep pretty closely. I'm very good with sleep hygiene. So one of the first things I do after my meditation, I will then have a look at my aura ring, which I wear this aura ring here. Um, and that basically tracks my body temperature, my heart rate variability, my REM sleep, my deep sleep. And I will have a look at that and make sure that I'm on point with those figures and really check in with myself um, as well and understand what moves the needle the most in terms of me getting a good night's sleep. Um, so uh, when I wake up in the morning, yeah, I look at my, I check my aura data. Um, I also do gratitude journaling, um, just three things. Sometimes yeah. I'll physically write that down. I can't say I write it every day, but I will always 
um, think about what I am grateful for in the morning and I will move my body. It tends to be something, again, I used to do HIIT workouts at 6 a.m. in the morning. I don't do that so much anymore because I think that's actually pushing the body too hard. So I tend to do something that's a little bit gentler, whether that's some kind of fasted cardio or some flexibility work, but I will move my body as well. And then I'll have um, some coffee. So I'm pretty careful with that. I'm really conscious of not going on to Instagram at that point for the most part, because actually, and I'm not saying I never do it, but I think then you can start to get involved in other people's uh, demands and criteria. So I don't tend to check email and things like that. And then I will spend time with my family, giving them breakfast, and then I will crack on with my first um, thing of the day. I'm always out with my dogs. That's one of the main things I do for inspiration, going for long walks in the woods with them or going for a run. And then in the evenings, again, I have a few disciplines because I think a lot of p- people talk a lot about morning routines, but actually it's the evening that sets you up for that morning. So it's yeah. really, really important. And again, we will, as a family at dinner time, we'll talk about what we're grateful for. And then particularly at the moment with the way things are with the coronavirus is we'll try and think about somebody or some person because I want the children to grow up understanding how lucky they are and to think of others. And we'll think and maybe just spend one minute thinking, not necessarily a prayer, not everyone's religious, but thinking a kind of like, who can we, who can we put good vibes out to um, and help if we can. And then we talk about our day and then I'm very careful about blocking out blue light in the evening. That's one of the biggest things that disrupts deep sleep. So I wear blue light blocking glasses for the last sort of hour and a half of my day um, and things like that. So yeah, there's quite a few things I do, but they're all easy. They kind of just integrate with my life. Yeah. And, and they, I I imagine that they become easy because ultimately they're habits that you've built. And so it's, it's a natural thing that, that some, it almost feels like something's missing if you haven't done those things. Yeah. Um, I love that. One thing, I think a number of things that stood out for me, um, but one of them particularly was the the gratitude. And I think that that's still something that I include as part of my practice. I love the idea that you have it at the start of the day and at the end of the day and do that as a family. I think that's, that's, it's really powerful. Um, And as you say, setting, setting those types of things, uh, your children up for that as well. What, um, if, if, if there was one person that you could identify as being maybe the most influential or highly influential on you and your growth and development, um, maybe in the last few years in this particular time of your life, or maybe previously, um, and they could be close or distant. You may have met them or you may never have met them. Um, who would that be? I'd say I have a few go-tos. There's, it's hard to come out with one. If I have to pin it on one person, then it would be Ben Greenfield. Okay. Um, he's a, a big biohacker. I've done a lot of um, training myself with him and I, um, he probably best articulates everything that I do as well in terms of how to optimize your mind, body and spirit. Right. He's maybe um, more of an intricate biohacker for some, um, but the foundations of everything he does, he always believes that these things are add-ons if you haven't got the basics right. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I would say him and I do monthly masterminds with him and, and other people within the industry as well. Yeah. And how, how important, so just an add on to that, how important do you find surrounding yourself with, you mentioned the masterminds with him and other people, how important is that for you and your own development? I think it's really, really important, particularly my industry changes so quickly and you've got to stay up to date. And with the um, enhancements that are coming in terms of longevity um, and how we can really become the most optimized version of ourselves, 
like with anything, I think it's so important to be at the top of your game. And so I'm always, I'm a massive reader and yeah. consumer of podcasts and things, and then also putting my own content out there. I find that teaching what you learn is one of the best ways to really, really cement it and solidify it. So, and, yeah. and sharing your own content. So yeah, Perfect. I find it's, it's, it's crucial really. Yeah. And, and everything that you've, you've just said brings me up perfectly to the, to the, the kind of the final question that I was going to ask, which is, uh, something that I ask everybody that comes on the, the, the podcast, which is what, what does the word influence mean to you? I think the word influence means using what you have. We all have our own unique gifts, no matter how big or small to make a positive impact in the lives of others. That's what it means to me. Perfect. And, and it can be as small as a smile yeah. to as big as changing someone's life. Yeah. I, and I agree. It, it can be, on on all different scales um no matter how big or how small um i think that's probably a perfect place to leave it so and just i just want to say thank you so much i know your time is extremely valuable so i appreciate the time you've given today to um to do this especially with a house a house full of people um with uh, with everybody being off school and such so uh, i greatly appreciate that so and, and i would love um if if uh, if you'd be happy to maybe we do a part two at some point in the future and, and learn a bit more you know ultimately about how how things have developed in the industry perhaps people who've listened to this podcast who you've worked with and spoken to since and, and results you've had with them um so just really for me to say one last thank you is there anything that you'd like to say and, and also where where would be best for people to find you and get in touch with you um and learn more about about what you do and how they could maybe be involved with that yeah um well thank you first of all for the opportunity to come on um it's been an absolute pleasure um if people want to i guess the place that i connect with people the most on is on instagram i love instagram as a platform um if they want to get a message to me comment on one of my stories or just send me a dm i do get there in the end and i answer you know i'm completely in control of my of my instagram and i will answer them personally um so that's a great place alternatively go to my website angela foster performance um you can jump on um, there and just sign up to be on my newsletter and hear from me again I do reply to emails even if it takes time um, they can listen to my podcast the high performance health podcast and there's another resource which I think you're going to link to for people that are struggling to sleep I've got a mini sleep course um, which I think you're going to link to in the show notes anyway but um, really I guess the message I would leave people with is there's it's never become more apparent than it is now that to to not just survive, but thrive, we really do need to take care of our health. And I, my, my mission really is to teach people to become the CEO of their health and to live younger for longer. I think we're all going to live a long time. That's the reality, unless we're unlucky enough to be struck down by something. Because medical advancements mean that even with multiple organ failure, we can now continue to live. And so longevity is not guaranteed, but it's going to be there for a lot of people. So if we can actually make a difference and stay in good health and vibrant health, um, then we can really live out our best versions of ourselves and our best lives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Angela. That's some, some of perfect. I've really enjoyed this. Um, I've, I've learned a lot and, and I do hope that everyone who's listening has, has learned a lot as well. So I will, I will link to everything that you've mentioned in the show notes. Um, and of course to your, um, your account on Instagram and the website as well so just once again thank you so much for being with us I greatly appreciate it for everybody that's been listening thank you all um, you know where to get in touch with Angela now it's all there I do trust that this has been useful and I look forward to seeing you in the very next episode thank you all take care and we'll speak to you very very soon Hi friends, Jake here again. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You can find links to anything that we've discussed, books, trainings, other podcasts, uh, anything 
currently that we're enjoying, you will find those in the show notes. Or you'll find it somewhere in and around all the information that you usually find in a podcast. And a reminder that if you'd like to know more about what I do, if you want more of tools, resources, any recommendations, readings, uh, free training, products and such, then you can find all of that on the website jakeadamdavy.com. Equally, if you want to come over and say hello, Instagram is always the best place and the account is at jakeadamdavy. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't hesitate to leave us a review. Of course, the more stars, the better. And equally, sharing is caring. So if you've heard something or listened to something that you've enjoyed yourself and you think will be beneficial or useful to other people, please do pass that on. It will be very much appreciated. And as you know, when you get a recommendation from somebody that you trust, there really is nothing better. Thank you so much. And until next time, stay on mission. Do something extraordinary for others. Keep inspiring and keep growing your circle of influence. Goodbye.